0: Welcome to another episode of the Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you live from Upstairs Studios. I'm here with Lisa the ooey-gooey Lady Murphy.
1: Good morning. And
0: Tosh Johnson, my lovely wife. Aloha. And we have a special guest in studio today. <gasps> we
1: do. It's very
0: exciting for all of us. Um, and this is something that hasn't been attempted in, in podcasting as far as I know. <laughs> It's oh, kind
1: right. of a <laughs> new ground. Yes, we're breaking yes. new
0: pod ground. pod ground. This is new to the podiverse, the pod, pod universe, of, as far as I the know. Podiverse. The podiverse. And actually we're gonna be getting into the, the uh the Murphy verse a little bit today because <laughs> uh, because our special guest is one of our hosts, Lisa Murphy. Yay! Yay. And Yay. and you're here to to join us to talk about what?
1: Uh, my master's, which I finished in December, which is very exciting. Congratulations. And so put up with all of oh. my crazy posts and my club med. And uh, part of the project, the final project, was that we had to do what they called a dissemination project, where we had to start sharing what we found after doing our action research project. And I investigate whether or not teachers value, preschool teachers value block play. That was, so I went out and investigated whether or not teachers, you know, whether they said they And anyway, so I did a a survey, I crafted a survey, and I had a modified Ecker's environmental rating scale that I use, and I I found teachers who were willing to participate from uh, Western New York. And I went in and took pictures of their environment, which was very exciting. But what was interesting is that when they all returned the surveys back to me, 100% of them self-reported that they valued block play, which, of course, I clearly expected. That's kind of Mm -hmm. It was a given. Who's going to say, I don't value Um, block play? I mean, 100% of them said that they did. What was interesting to me is that when I did my lit review, um, the literature review, nothing in the literature had examined whether – Specifically, whether or not teachers valued block play, I I found studies about whether or not they value free play, whether or not they value outdoor play, play, you know, blah, 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 blah. but but nothing specifically for blocks. But what I did find were five um, like indicators of block play that was evidence in all of the research. Five things that kind of applied that the person in the room valued block play. And uh, for those of you who are curious, uh, one of them was that the adult had prior experience, like like did they play with blocks when they were little kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how much space was dedicated for block play? How much time was allotted for block play? Um, how many materials, literally specific, how many blocks and what kind of supplementary materials are in the block center? And whether or not the teacher actually got involved in the child's block play. So what I did is I looked at those five things in the space and kind of assessed based on that. And what, what I found was that although everybody reported that they valued it, evidence of those five variables were not always present in the classroom. But the one thing, like my personal big kind of aha, which didn't really kick in until I was writing up the data analysis kind of the paper, was one of the things I, I didn't factor in at all is that most teachers will inherit the space that they're in.
0: Yeah, they don't come in. Yeah, they don't have yeah. fresh a Very, fresh yeah, canvas yeah, new to teacher, work in. Exactly. supplies. Right. Yeah.
1: Very rare is that person yeah. in, involved in any way, manner, shape, or form with mm-hmm. the stuff that's in the space. And so, as I was writing everything up, it was this kind of aha of, you know, you can't necessarily say that just because you have a small block center and not a lot of materials that you therefore don't value block play, even though you said that you did. Because the reality is, yeah. is that you might not have had any say in what this space looks like. Mm-hmm understandable Does that
0: yes. yes yeah, absolutely oh yeah
1: and and so my kind of conclusion was that yes, they all said they valued it. This is what the data says that might indicate that they really do value it. However, this needs to be factored in, and it led, like most action research projects, it led to more more questions. And
0: that's that's the way science is supposed to work. Right. So, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. it works, yeah. right? Yeah. Yay, Yay and, science. And so if I wanted to, I could go back and then kind of factor that variable in and say, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is what we know. We know that a lot of teachers can... We know that most teachers will respond positively to direct intervention. So like a specific training could happen that said, okay, here's the deal. If I really wanted you as a person in this space to see that a well-equipped block center meets all the domains of developmentally appropriate practice, meet every single curriculum expectation, and, and here's what the research suggests is a, a, an appropriate amount of space, and here are specific, here's how many blocks you should have. I mean, there were two studies that actually said there should be 200 blocks per child in the room. Wow, I mean, wrap your brain around that for a minute. Two hundred per Child. kid. yeah. And and this is not finger pointing, but I, I don't think any of the classrooms I observed had even two hundred well, blocks. just The space alone to it. have to have two hundred yeah. blocks, and but then my personal bias is, is that I think your whole room could nothing but yeah. a big huge blocks. Oh center. yeah, yeah. We,
0: we, we talked about, corner to corner. We talked about and, this mm-hmm. a little bit last night, and I just for the record, I want you to know that uh, Grandbaby One has a uh, about uh, between ten and 20,000 blocks at her disposal at any one time, so uh, <laughs> not breaking anything. No, no. Oh, yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> but you are. And they're not her blocks. She doesn't own a dang block. No, she does own some yes, blocks of her yes, own, I guess. She's got maybe 80, use, 90 blocks of her own, but Grandpa's willing to share. Too. Grandpa's
1: going to share his toys. <laughs> Yeah that I found that was really interesting. One of the one of the papers or one of the reports I read said 30 was was suggested. One of them said 50 and then the other one said 200. So I took it as an average and just said, you know, like an average of 95 and thir- even that.
0: Third cool. where well, the 30 you, come from? A,
1: well, just in the in the reports uh-huh. in the in the papers that I read, they ranged the suggested actual specific number of blocks per child ranged anywhere from 30 to 50 to 200. Huh. And I, so that, I mean, that right there is an interesting. Well, oh, yeah, because yeah.
0: to me, 200 seems low and 30 seems
1: Third, like 30, what you build impoverished. 30 blocks. Yeah. And, and when we were talking a little bit about this yesterday too, there was that element of, of, is that th- You know, two hundred for the to the children who are actually physically right now on the carpet, Mm -hmm. or is that two hundred for every child that is like enrolled in this program? Mm -hmm. You know that that's a neat that's a question right there too. Very good. The square footage that was suggested um, ranged anywhere from three to five to fifteen square feet. Per child in the block center, and bringing up that same question: Does that mean for mm-hmm. the five kids who are on the carpet right now, there should be 15 square feet, mm-hmm. or oh. for all the kids enrolled in this particular classroom? So, like any good research project, I think it, it led to so many more questions. And the the kind of final analysis was that we do know that teachers do respond positively to direct intervention. So. For me to potentially craft a workshop mm-hmm. that goes in and says, hey, if you have this kind of square feet and if you have materials such as this and if you have more than 15 minutes, here are the actual correlations between this well-equipped block center that you're providing and all four domains of develop- developmentally appropriate practice. And and that's probably the next step that I will you know, offer, you know, to have that there, if people are yeah, interested in, oh, in that. Because I don't think any of the teachers that that were, you know, volunteered and took part in this, and none of them, of course, clearly are in any way not wanting to provide, you know, a yeah. well-equipped block center. But I, I think I think that, that aha I had towards the end was a, was a bigger thing than I realized, which is mm-hmm. they're not the boss of this room. Yeah. You know, and then as family child care providers, who would be the boss of that room, you know, I think there's even like a, a more room for having a very huge positive impact on the development yeah. by realizing that if you have more than 5 blocks on the block center, you you're really contributing to their overall growth and development. And oh, yeah. and so then we we took a list in the survey was a very long survey and you know, I'd never done this before and it was, you know, a learning curve and learned I learned a lot during mm-hmm. the whole process. Um but we crafted a list of suggested materials. And I did that based on the research and the data and the studies that we were reviewing, but then also threw it out on Facebook and said, Hey, come on, give me some suggestions or supplementary materials in your block center. And we actually put it up on the notes section of the ooey gooey Facebook page. And I think what did we count yesterday? hundred and eighty four, plus. something like that. Yeah. And we kept adding to it. So for anybody who is listening who is interested in that, there there's, you know, a resource there for you. Yeah, it yeah. is quite interesting. Yeah. We're the right from different- license plates to steering wheels well, to and- spools to
0: Yeah, just all kinds of stuff. Oh,
1: anything. Yeah. shaving cream shaving cream
0: in the eh, box center eh, I, I'm I'm on for it okay and so that's that's all important sciencey stuff i've got a couple of personal questions i want to know about this research <laughs> i
1: see i see uh-huh. you jotting stuff down here. um
0: you, t- you talked you talked earlier about how you investigated at any time during your investigation did you wear one of those sherlock holmes hats and have a have a pipe and a magnifying glass i'm
1: only at one school okay and
0: and at any point when you when you when you figured something out with something clicked for you did you throw your hand did you throw your hand up in the air and go eureka
1: what? um Twice,
0: twice. (laughs) Okay, Okay. that's that's stuff. Yeah, that's just stuff. I think listeners are going to want to know to get the to the inside of the uh, the the master's uh. process. And okay, I I don't think we quite touched. We quite clarified it at the beginning, but this podcast is part of your thing too, isn't it?
1: Actually, part of it. Yeah, and so everybody in the in the program had to do their their action research project, and everybody investigated some absolutely brilliant topics. And then the kind of the last part of it was that you had to find a way to, to share what you discovered. So I, um, I did this. I wanted to be, a, I wanted to bring it to the podcast. Absolutely. Um, and I also, my, one of my professors challenged me and I don't know if I've even told you this even outside of here. She's the, the association for the study of play, which is called TASP, T-A-S-P, the association for the study of play is having their um, annual conference mm-hmm. in Rochester this year. Coincidentally, it's where I live. And she challenged me to actually put in an abstract or consideration to do a presentation of the data that we found. Like, and it, and it's not like a workshop, like what I do now. I mean, it's like a, a like it's like a presenting the science behind, you know, what do you just behind a podium then? I, I don't read, know. And uh, I had <laughs> to read like. from your notes read, and overhead. Exactly, and, and, I know. I have to have, like, it's a 20. I put in a proposal to do a 20 minute student research round table presentation. And so I, I submitted that and then I'll be finding out probably at some point by oh, February, exciting. if I get picked to present my findings,
0: Ooh. I know. Well, that'll be fun. And we we talked earlier about how you you kind of get into a little bit of the history of blocks. I found that real interesting.
1: I yeah. Because it, it
0: sounded like there were blocks that don't wouldn't be that wouldn't exist anymore in most early learning programs. Well,
1: the whole history of blocks is actually quite fascinating, and um, I I did yesterday chatted with you a little bit about it, but um the m- Froebel blocks and Montessori blocks were considered very limited by a lot of the progressive educators um, in the early, in the early 1900s. And so it was kind of this rebellion, this re- reaction to the fact that you were supposed to use the blocks in a certain kind of way. And other people were saying, you know what, you, you know, kids should in theory be allowed to just play with the blocks, which was considered very taboo. You know, Montessori blocks have a very kind of you know, this is what you're supposed to do with the pink mm-hmm. tower. You're not supposed to be building a free flow. You know, something from your imagination with the pink tower blocks. It's supposed to be stacking up on top, right? Okay, we get that. Mm-hmm. Well, then um, um, Dewey John Dewey actually let kids kind of play with the Four gifts, which was like like taboo. It was like, oh my gosh! And then in New York City, um, um. Patty Smith Hill actually in rebellion made the hill blocks, which were huge. They were designed for kids to drag around, cooperate. They she wanted kids to work to two, three, four kids had to work together to mm-hmm. drag this thing around. Um, they used metal rods to hook the blocks together, and she wanted kids to create structures. They could get in, on, above. I mean, she wow. the intention behind them was large motor movement and construction, and. Kind of in her footsteps, Carolyn Pratt also with like creating a huge, large block system. But where she kept her going was the unit blocks. I mean, and everybody pretty much has seen the unit blocks before. And then Mm -hmm. Carolyn Pratt credited with um, inventing, inventing them. And, you know, and and the spirit behind them was the free play. They wanted the kids to be able to do whatever they wanted to do with these particular Mm -hmm. materials. And it is quite fascinating. And and this, the original studies that identified the kind of the stages of block building that were originally done in the 20s and the 30s, that's the data that we use. Those are still the studies that we use to see if a child is kind of progressing, as could be affected, quote-unquote, w- through the various stages of block building. And personally, I mean, my super internal geek, what I, I, what I originally wanted to do, and my professors know this, was I wanted to see if children— Still progress through the stages as mm-hmm. were identified in the early, you know, the early part of the century. And but as a student researcher, we're not allowed to gather data from children, so oh, okay. I, I just I wasn't able to. So I had to re-question. But it's something that I would have liked to keep investigating. Because oh.
0: so that could be the, the that PhD. That could be my main
1: PhD. Sure,
0: Tom Murphy, get ready for that.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Tom <laughs> Sorry, Tom Murphy. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, And it was, it was quite exciting. I love blocks and I, and I had to own that too at the beginning of the experiment. I would, I would sit in a block room and play with blocks all day, even, even as an adult. And so I make sure that that bias wasn't coming through in my, in my studies. But blocks
0: are, I mean, blocks are great, but I mean, there's stuff you can't learn in the block area, isn't there?
1: There's stuff you learn in the block area. Oh, yeah. I, I mean,
0: I, I, la- I mean, like like language development and social skills and all that. Kind of, that's not happening in the block area. Yes,
1: areas. it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That was a part of the. that was a part of my work. Was, oh, see, that was a I advocate. know it was. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, where's he going with this? Yeah. If you look at, the, look at the four domains of developmentally appropriate, okay, so like a quick review, right, crash course, the four domains. So you have um, large motor and small motor, electrical development. You have your language and literacy development. You have your cognitive development. And you have your, what's the fourth one? Um, social-emotional, cognitive, physical, language, literacy, and social-emotional. You can meet every single one of those things at a block center. And and in my survey, I, I asked them, you know, do you think, yes or no, that these, these domains are being met while the kids are playing in the block center? And if you think yes, then please provide some examples. And, and that's kind of also where that kind of direct intervention would target, too, is that did you know that when... You have this kind of space and this kind of time. These are, you know, the the things that are being developed when we mm-hmm. have time in the in the block center. But it, nobody's nobody's benefiting from any kind of block center if you don't have the time. And to so, go did into did it.
0: most of them those things were being met in the block area? Well, or it was, was it the? was
1: cognitive was hands down. I mean, everybody. I, well, I mean, I could pull the actual yeah. numbers, but for, for the most part, everybody saw that correlation with cognitive. Mm-hmm. It, where it went down was actually the social and emotional and the language and the literacy, which actually in, in the research is reflected almost in the same proportion. You, mm-hmm. in, in, in the literature, the, the case for blocks linking to math— is, has been studied Huge. for for yeah. years. I mean, you you can prove that if kids have a lot of experience and time in a block center, their math scores will be higher. We this oh. is we know this. Yeah, but in the literature, the correlation between the language and the literacy development. Was it's out there, but not nearly as abundant as it is with the cognitive and specifically the math. Yeah. So I found it again, geeky science. I found it interesting that the percentage of the people who responded it was probably the same percentage as was represented in the literature.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's neat. And I, and I it, and so why isn't that other the other research just hasn't been done on those other domains? That's not as much research. It, not as much.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, the correlation is yeah, there, yeah. but but not more people are looking at the fact that blocks make your math scores higher. Yeah, as opposed to yeah. blocks encourage social and emotional development as and, well.
0: And so one thing one thing we can be doing as as advocates is 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 helping people see, see that, correlation. that correlation there. I, I see it all the time. We we talked about this the other the, the whole this is mine. That yeah. argument over the spindle-shaped block to go on the top of the tower, or or the the discussions about space and who is what space and and those kind of things, and all those conversations are incredibly valuable. But a lot of times we don't just step back and see that those things are learning. Too.
1: Exactly, and so we don't
0: value those kind of things in, in the block area as much as we should. So
1: yeah, yeah, a big huge poster. When I'm in the block area, I, I, I am. am. Yeah. Yes. absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: And and when you talk about the the, the mathy sciencey stuff, I, I we talked about it um, the other night when we were talking about your your paper. Um, our, our buddy Noah, who I've talked about in an earlier episode a couple months ago, he's he's nine now. Been with us. Came to us when he was like six months old, mm-hmm. and. He was, he was the kid. And it was all oh, those, all yeah. those blocks that, uh, baby wrote now were played with by Noah and, and that was just his thing. And now he's nine 10 and he is just in love with math and numbers and science oh, and yeah. engineering and how the physical world is put together and and spatial relations and what materials are different for the material and it's just and it shows in his is academics at school I mean he's off the charts on mm. on these stuff but it's it's it, the big thing I see in it is, is his passion for it and it's Well and it, it was,
1: was reinforced here which is uh, it's so important I mean I think everybody listening probably knows that one kid who would stay in yeah. a oh, yeah. block room, room a block center all day long and I'm kind of out there based on this work, my message, my, as an advocate would be, Uh why are we telling them they have to come out of the block center? Yeah. You yeah, know, that's where they need, to be. and that's a big part of what mm-hmm. I plan on bringing to the workshop arena um, for 2014. That's one of my advocacy goals. Is is that remind that you know we're 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 stopping play in some situations because we think we're needing to stay on schedule to make somebody happy, and we're depriving children of of the time that they need to make to to <laughs> to to like reach those developmental milestones. And they need adults in their world who realize that the Noahs of the world need stuff to mess with. Yeah. They need stuff to tinker with, and it's our job to provide that.
0: Well, I think we also need to provide the opportunity for a little bit of challenge, a little bit of risk, a little bit of problem solving. Those big giant rebar stuck Could you together. Blocks, I know. They,
1: I mean, the pictures of them you can Google it, and I—I'm sorry, I don't have any photographs to show you, but there are still historical. Picture of the kids playing with the original hill blocks, and you you're like, oh my god! I mean, they had to like stand on mm-hmm. things to lift them up. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think they'd let kids even use hill blocks nowadays. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's that's the sad reality of it. We've become we've become well, well, that's That's I mean, those are the themes. It, yeah. Those yeah. are themes we've we've been on. This on, could happen. On frequently,
1: it might happen.
0: All right. So for the listeners, how about we leave them with some concrete. Uh, steps. If, they, if they're if they're at that place where hey, give me more information, and I will build a better block space for the kids in my program. What what kind of what tips can we can we what what takeaways can the, we the the
1: takeaway would be to go back probably and I'll say the I'll say the five um, indicators of value. Um, investigate or, you know, turn that mirror inward. How, get, how, what kind of experience did you have growing up playing with blocks? Cause you know, th- th- that's a valid question. You know, yes. uh, it's not that you don't want to make time for it. It's just that if that never really got you excited, you might be unintentionally depriving kids of time in the block center. Mm -hmm. So kind of make peace with what you're bringing to the table in regard to that. Um, you don't need to go out and measure how big your block space is, but if you've got a bunch of kids who are seriously interested in the block center and it's only, you know, one small little carpet, you might need to either let the blocks go out, get a bigger carpet. I'm making a track. Exactly. Which is the title of the, of the paper. So how big is it? Um, how, how much time are you giving, uh, for the children to explore that space? Um, how many materials do you really have? You know, do you you know, do you just have fifteen blocks and twenty four kids? You know, now you're gonna have a headache and not really like the block center. So mm-hmm. we might need some more stuff in there. Um, and that you don't need to go buy a fifteen thousand dollar set of blocks. I mean, no, if I had a no. magic wand, I'd love it. But I mean, I'm thinking of my my colleague and, and friend Mr. Drew, who gets uh boxes from the grocery store and the liquor store. Oh, yeah. And and, and and as a toddler teacher, you know, his ego now is not invested in whether or not that gets ruined, right? You know yeah. where I'm going mm-hmm. with this. And the toddler's they need to step up, they need to kick it down. So, um, the, the list of recycled stuff and supplementary materials that, that is on the Uigui Facebook page in the uh-huh. notes section, 185 things. And of course you would not put all of that out at the same oh, time. Oh wow. Well,
0: unless you had, you know, <laughs> unless you had if you have a the really, space,
1: really big <laughs> space. Um, so I, I think maybe that would be the takeaway is kind of a little self and a little audit yeah. of, of, am I unintentionally getting in the way of kids really getting the full benefit of, of what I'm calling my block center?
0: And so, I mean, ideally, if you've got the, especially if the kids are passionate about it, more space for block play, more space, more, mm-hmm. time, more time for block play and more blocks and more for blocks. block play and, and and more of those supplementary materials. Like the loo- loose parts of yeah, the, the loose parts, and, and actually the whole block, the blocks are kind of a subset of loose parts. I mean, When you, when you think. About it too, and and that's always um, a, a big thing for programs is those loose parts because that that novelty of those of those different pieces and having the freedom to use them as you see fit is is valuable and, and touching on all those domains you talked about, I think that's real valuable. I think we've got a couple minutes left, but I think one more thing we we should touch on a little bit more is the whole time component. Time because of block. Time How for much? block play. Well, we, we've talked about time before, and, and in most situations, kids are rushed through their play to get to adult needs. But right. Uh, right. I, I, and, and so block play time, what's, wh- why, why do they need more of it?
1: Why do they need more of it? Yeah. Well, it takes time to build. They've come to you. Let's say they show up at your program and they're three years old and you don't know where they've been prior to that. There are stage block building and, and it takes time to progress through those stages. you can have a four-year-old if they've never been exposed to blocks before, you know, they're going to be wandering around carrying the blocks. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the littles that you work with, they schlep the blocks. They, you know, they're dragging the blocks around the room and then they line them up. Then they make the track and then they build them up and knock them down. And then they start building something for the sake of building. That takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't rush them through that. And the stages, that all kids are going to go through those stages, and there was even some evidence um, in, in the research that even children with special needs will still proclaim stages as typically developing peers, but it, it takes them a little bit a little bit longer to go through mm-hmm. the stages. Um, also, I mean, my brain is always going faster than my mouth. If, if you don't have enough time in the block area, you're not going to reap those developmental benefits You know, I mean, five minutes, it takes some kids five minutes just to figure out what they want to do. And now you're ringing the cleanup bell, you know, and he hasn't even done anything and- you know, now they're running around tattling oh, on the kids yeah. who are cleaning, right? Yeah. And yeah. cleaning, and
0: cleaning. and like in every other every other area that 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 takes time to settle in, it does. and get comfortable mm-hmm. and set the stage.
1: Well, even just here for the podcast weekend and the cooking, you know, you you, you shift gears. So we're up here and we're recording, and then we're going to go and we're going to start cooking. And I I know I have that. There's that t- mm-hmm. that shift of okay, now I've got to change gears. And if they're if you all are like, well, we're hungry, we're hungry, we're hungry. It's like ah, you know, you shut down. You you have to transition through like that. It's almost like a little baby dash. It's a baby dash. Uh It's from the recording into the preparing of the food. And it's the same with the kids. I was just doing this, and now I'm coming over here, and it takes time to settle in, and it takes time to figure out what I'm going to do. You know, how am I going to use these materials? And if you're rushing me through it, you know, at some point I'm just not going to even bother. And I don't know if we've talked about that too, but, you know, when when it's always time to clean it up, children will stop Playing. Yeah, and that's in every started. center. They, yeah. Why bother? You yeah. sent or, the or message that it's always time to put it away. Or they're yeah. not able to expand on it, so it's the same. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's so play frustrating over the- and over again. Yeah, I mean, letting kids leave their their structures up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that causes like panic attacks sometimes when I suggest that. Like, what? Oh my god! But that's the circle time carpet. Oh oh yeah. oh! Well, where's it written? You have to do circle. Yeah. At the carpet.
0: Yeah, at CR Circle Time episode.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay,
0: and, and so that, that, that panic attack in, in the adults, a couple other things that I've observed is I, I have, I've seen adult uh, caregivers uh, panic when kids do things like walk on the blocks. Yeah. And that. Because, oh, it's too risky or it's dangerous. Or, or those solid maple blocks are going to get damaged somehow, somehow by a 4 year old Or they build up toes.
1: above their head.
0: Oh, yeah, they build too oh, yeah. high. And, yeah, and then so the whole it. the whole crashing thing, I, I've seen uh, adults that are, they just don't want that crashing thing to happen. But that crashing thing is a big, part, a big of the part of la- mm-hmm. the learning, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's creating and taking apart and the control and all those kind of things are valuable things. And when we don't allow that, yeah. we... We well, steal. you you
1: don't know that you can reassemble it, and, and unless it's fallen over, yeah. uh, and yeah. and there's also some, and and this is kind of dabbling into more of a psychological realm of it too. Um, play therapists always make sure that ch- children are the bosses of disassembling their own their own work. Um, so when children do leave things up, if they're allowed quote unquote to leave them up for multiple days, it, it is it's very important for the adults to be mindful of making sure that the children get to be the boss of of disassembling of mm-hmm. their stuff. Cause that can actually be quite psychologically traumatic. Where'd my building go? Yeah. 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 And
0: I've seen that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and you might need to take the time to introduce blocks, you know, to invite the kids. We call that word, the, the provocation to put a, put a block, put two blocks at a right angle. So it's like, looks like an L. Um, as humans, it bothers us again on a psychological level that it's not completed. And so, if you we, we've used that as a technique, if there seems like kids don't want to play in the block center, to go put this two blocks on the floor, the two big long blocks in the shape mm-hmm. of an L, it's going to cause just enough of an upset to somebody, whether they're aware of it or not, that it will usually invite them to come into the block center and then complete it. So that idea of provoking children. To and so if you put
0: three blocks parallel and one at an angle, is that a way to, to figure out if kids are OCD?
1: <laughs> Maybe. One off to the walk the, on the, the Jeff A. Johnson <laughs> OCD <laughs> test <laughs> in the block center. <laughs> <test. laughs> we'll have to study that To mess with the PhD. that one staff person. <laughs> <To> mess <laughs> with Let's that one, one that. person. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I just want to thank you. I mean, personally, I mean, I, I, I asked for this to be something that I could do here with the podcast and it's, it's a little bit different than our usual format. And though so I appreciate both you guys, um, you know, letting me, um, use this as a forum. To oh, we were going to do this. this set, information. We're going to do it even yeah, if you yeah, want so. to.
0: So, <laughs> so
1: well, it's I good. think <laughs> the thing you want, it's a good thing yeah. you picked it. Cause I, we're going to do it anyway. I think that, well, I think there's also room for even like a blocks conversation about blocks in the block center, which, oh, yeah. which didn't necessarily happen because I wanted to use this as a way to kind of let Talk people about the, like peek a, a little peek into what. I've quote unquote found and yeah, discovered. Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. we could
0: do multiple ep- episodes. A lot oh, of yes. we could do a, a episode of each one of those domains and block play. Yeah, if we, I, I agree. Maybe we put that on the list for, like for next time to get together.
1: And if anybody is interested, I would be more than happy to share a copy of the paper with you. So if anybody is wanting to get their hands on it and read it, just feel free to send me an email or message us on the Childcare Bar and Grill Facebook page.
0: And 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 also uh, inspired by Lisa Murphy's Masters, and uh, I, I created a Blockaholic t shirt the oh, other yes. day. Oh. And, uh,
1: I'm, I can't wait we right. gonna order one.
0: And, oh the other thing, uh since the podcast kind of helped out with you getting your masters to any any chance you could hook up hook me up with a an honorary, an honorary M.D. Oh, yeah, you know, cuz I I'm too busy actually to do all that work.
1: <laughs> if you read all the papers that I wrote and then write a summary maybe we can work something out. Uh, oh I'll just, Is it available on Kindle? <laughs> I'll just, I'll I'm gonna ju- upload my papers to yes, Kindle. Yes,
0: yes. I'll just record some more podcasts instead. But I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to be associated with a smart person. <laughs> oh, That's, stop it! Oh, I mean, oh, I it's awesome. No, I, I seriously, I'm proud of you because it's something you. I I would never even take on because I'm I'm too lazy and and with all it the things. It was a great
1: process. All I, the
0: all the things you're doing and doing that just makes me mm-hmm. it makes stop, me jealous I'm of you. your energy. Your, your hair turned pink. My hair <laughs> turned pink. Hey, thanks. <laughs> for listening to another episode of the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast. Go play with your blocks. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Danita, Lisa, and Jeff would love to hear from you. Leave a message at 888-401-6116 or connect online at facebook.com slash Bar and Grill.
0: This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production.
1: Oh.
0: For all your wig party and novelty needs, check out ustoy.com, the official wig sponsor of the Childcare Bar and Grill podcast. Hey, if you want to support the show, there's a couple things you can do. You can go to iTunes and give it 5 stars. You can visit and comment on the Childcare Bar and Grill Facebook page. You can share the show with a friend, or you can become a patron and support us at patreon.com slash explorations.